Hello, thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April King, and I am the Associate Pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We would also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. Thank you, Audrey, for reading this morning. I feel like I'm getting my exercise. Up, down, around. It's good. So my, my title this morning is, as Larry said, is Why? And it's going to be a series that I think is maybe three parts long, but it could be longer, and it's not going to be all at once. We're going to do one now, one in a few weeks, one in a few weeks after that. Just kind of spread out. Um, And mostly because I feel like this is a journey that I'm on. I don't have an end in mind. I don't have this series all mapped out in my mind. And to be honest, that makes me feel a little apprehensive because I like knowing where I'm going. And uh, I don't totally know where this series is going to land. It's, it's a journey. And I think that's a good thing, because I don't want this to be Pastor Dave has the answer. I want this to be something that we discover and that we work through together. And it is called why, but maybe not quite the why that Larry was hoping for. Um, the, answer, the, the question is, why KZMC? Why are we here? What's, what's our purpose? What is our mission? And so I simply invite you to join me on this. Join me as we discover this together, as we pray about it, as we look at scripture together. Um, I thank you so much for those of you who have replied on the, on the survey we sent out. It's been enlightening and it's been helpful. It's been really interesting. Um, I've also looked at some old surveys that you guys did when you were looking for a pastor. I've been looking at some old, old church directories that had some history in them. And, and the picture that was with my sermon, I don't know if you can put that back up there, Poppy. The title of the sermon title, there was just a slide that said, had a picture of an old church. If you can't find it, it's okay. But that was the original, I think it was an old Baptist church, correct? And that building is no longer there. But I thought it was interesting because the side of the building, it's, I think it's an old dealership or something, it had like a 7-up sign on the side. So I've been looking at some old stuff and it's really interesting. I found a really fascinating letter that Clayton Kipfer wrote that we're going to be looking at at some point. Um, really, really interesting stuff. But I want to go on a journey of discovery together. Why KZMC? And you may say, well, Pastor Dave, what Audrey just read, isn't that our mission, to make disciples? Yes, 100%, that's our mission. But I think every church has their niche, has their part of that mission, has a little piece of the pie. Where do we fit? There's lots of fields out there. There's lots of space. Where do we put our hand to the plow? And which way do we push it? So please join me. I recently did a, an online course through ONMB on transitional church ministry, which was really good. 
It's an organization out of British Columbia that specializes in leading churches through transitions. And one of the things that they talked about was that sometimes a way to look at the church is like a car. Okay? You got a four-seater. Driver, passenger, and two seats in the back. And they said in the life of a church, there's four different things that can be in the driver's seat. And the rest of them get spread out into the car. The first one is vision. A church can be driven by its vision. You know, a sense of mission, making disciples, reaching the lost. And that's kind of what we're talking about in this series is what is our specific mission? So that that can drive the church. You'd often see that in a a new church, a church plant, um, you know, a new mission to a new area of the world. You'd see everything being driven by the mission. We need to reach people in this community. We need to reach the lost. So that's one thing. Vision can drive the church. The other thing that can drive the church is relationships. The sense of family, the sense of community. And you'd often see that driving the church, not in a new church plant, but in a church that's been around for a season. They've gathered some new believers, some new families have joined, and there becomes kind of a tight-knit group of people. That, that can drive the church. And then as the church ages, as its members age, we don't have that problem here yet. We don't have any aged members yet. We're not quite there. As the church ages, there's two other things that can start to lead and drive the church. Program. You know, so all the things we do, we have youth programs, we have quilting clubs. Is that what they're called, the quilting club? I don't know. You know, you have uh, youth, you have men's ministry. A church develops programs to kind of help the people who are in the church. Now, none of these are, we're not saying any of these are bad. These aren't necessarily a bad thing. But program can start to be that which drives the church forward. And the last one that can drive is management. So policies, procedures, committees, councils, groups of people just kind of following procedures and making manuals and having all kinds of fun, making new pages for the manual, right? It's always exciting times. Right, Tanya? How much Tanya went downstairs? And those are, those are the two that quite often drive an, an aging church. Programs and management. But there's a problem if program and management are in the driver's seat too much. Can you guess what it is? Mission gets thrown to the back seat and mission can be forgotten. Because program and management can drive a church forward for quite a while. And they're kind of easy to follow because they're known, they're safe, and we kind of just do what we've always done. They're easy to do. They're written down in policies and manuals. And they feel good. They can feel nostalgic. They can feel like, well, this is what it used to be when I was little. Now again, not saying any of these are necessarily bad. I think any healthy church that as it grows, it needs program. There needs to be policies. There needs to be machinery that runs the church. 
but it can't drive the church for too long because mission will get forgotten. Why is mission, why don't we like to keep mission in the driver's seat? It's something that I think about. Yes, you re are you reading my notes? <laughs> mission pushes us to change. And we all love change, right? We all love for things to change. Right? No. Mission will push us to change, to take risks, to adapt, to reach out, and press in to where faith is needed. Sometimes program and management doesn't require much faith because we're doing what we've always done. Here's the scary part. Unless we do it ourselves, unless we take mission from the back seat and say, hey man, get in the front and drive. We need you to drive. You're, I know you're a bit of a crazy driver. You push us to the edge, but we need you to drive. You know what happens or what can happen? Unless we do that, the church will die. Or the church will approach death and will come to a crisis. And then we're like, uh-oh, we got to get mission back in the driver's seat. But sometimes it can be too late. I don't think we're close to that. I think we're very healthy in, in a lot of ways. But unless we are tenaciously putting mission and vision back in the driver's seat, the machinery will just kind of keep chugging along and there will come a day. And I've seen it in many churches all across Canada. It's too late. I don't want to get there. I don't want to even get close. I want us to put mission, make sure mission is in the driver's seat. So I didn't know how far I would get down the wide journey this morning because there were some foundational comments, some foundational thoughts that I wanted to make. And I hope you will trust me as your lead pastor to lead us on this journey. I invite you to join me. And I don't want to do this alone. I don't want to just sit up here over the next few Sundays and have all the... I don't want to be Pastor Dave's answer time. I want it to be Pastor Dave together. We're on this journey. What is our why? What's our specific why? What makes us special? What, what does God have for us? So some foundational thoughts that I think are really important we're going to look at this morning. Five foundational thoughts. And in a way, they're kind of connected, but I thought it's important that we mention them explicitly. Number one. As we go on this journey, oh, before I say that, if you're an old-timer, I'll let you decide if you're an old-timer or not, and this church has been home for a long time, maybe your grandfather attended, your grandparents attended, maybe you've been here even longer. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're part of this body. I want you to be part of this journey. Your knowledge your, your, your wisdom, the history you have in this community is important. But I also say to those who are young, maybe you're new to this church. 
Maybe you haven't been here very long. Maybe you don't have one of the, the, the right last names, right? I don't have Wix. I don't know. I don't think Wix fits around here. I'm glad you're here too. We're very happy for those who are new. And if you've got young kids, we're happy you're here. We want you to be a part of this too. We want to do this together. Number one, foundational thought. We must remember God's redemptive power. You know, as we look at our history, we look at our past, it can be easy. Or there can be a tendency to feel discouraged. Or to look back at the past and be upset about maybe a mistake that's been made. When we have those thoughts, we need to remember God's incredible redemptive power. Romans 8.28 says this, We know that in all things, God works for the good. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. John 3:16 and 17 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to Say a little louder. Save. But to save the world through him. Listen, God's purpose in sending his son is to save. God is a God of redemption and forgiveness. There are very few decisions you and I can make that are outside of the redemptive force of God's love. We must remember that. Let's hypothetically say we make a mistake in this church. We do something that's really stupid. Do you think God's up in heaven and goes, well, great. I had a plan for blue water. But Dave and the church messed it up. Now what? Do you think that's how God, you know? No. God is far and above us in control. He's able to make even our mistakes work out for good. We don't need to walk on eggshells and be fearful. God is a God of redemption. Number two, again, it's kind of connected, but it's worth saying this is not a criticism of what has come before. Trying to find our purpose again, trying to put mission back in the driver's seat, seeking what God's specific plan is for us, is not a criticism of what's come before. Did we make mistakes in the past? 100%. Guaranteed. Will we make mistakes again? 100%. So do we give up? We move forward. Pressing on. Let's do better. Philippians 
I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I press on. We are going to press on together. We're going to move on. We're going to have hearts of forgiveness and hearts of compassion for one another. We're going to press on. This is not a criticism of what has come before. In fact, I'd say we're building on the incredible men and women of God who established this church and who brought it to where it is. We join in and we press on together. You know, some of you shared in the survey that I sent out, I asked the question, what's happened in the past that's frustrated you? And I was pleased that many of you were very honest. There's been some hard things that this church has gone through. The shift from MCEC to MB was tough. Right? For some of you? Yes? Well, I know that because some of you wrote it on the survey, so you can't trick me. <laughs> some of you still struggle and are confused. The change from, KZMC, or from ZMC to KZMC. I'm not criticizing any. I'm not, going to put, I'm not going to pull any of you out of the crowd. Some of you mourn the loss of pastors in the past, the loss of families. Some of the fallout from COVID has been really tough. Right. Some churches, are, they lead themselves through a time of solemn assembly or a time of grieving or... Do we need to do that here? I don't know yet. I'm not sure. At the very least, we need to recognize that there's been some losses. It's been a tough journey. One thing I, that we do need, we need an attitude that moves us forward because we haven't yet arrived. We need to move forward together. We need to press on. So let's press on. Okay, number three. This is an invitation to discover our why together. This is a journey. And as I said at the beginning, I struggled with this idea of sharing this, of this series, because I, I really like to have everything mapped out ahead of time. I want to know exactly where a series is going or exactly where a sermon is going, and I don't have that totally figured out yet. And I think that's, that's God leading this because I think he wanted this to be a journey that we go on together. So will you join me? Yes? That's the right answer. Good. You're going to join me. We are going to join together on this journey. God, why are we here? So I invite you to pray. I invite you to dream. I invite you to read. I invite you to study scripture. I invite you to sit and think. And ask God, why are we here? Okay, number four. Let's be excited. This is something to be excited about. 
This is an adventure. Following God is an adventure. This should be a life-giving process. This should not be dreary and dark and woe is me, how will we ever find our purpose? This should be exciting. In fact, following God should be exciting. Psalm 34, verse 8. Does anyone know that off by heart? Taste and see that the Lord is okay. <laughs> Did I get that right? Taste and see that the Lord is good. The Lord is good. And that verse, that verse continues, Bless, Blessed, blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. We are taking refuge under the wing of the Most High. We are following God. This is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I don't deny that there's times of mourning, there's times of loss in all of our lives, in the life of a church. But ought not the life of the Christian be marked with joy in spite of circumstances? Should not my life be full of joy? Because I have the Lord. You know, when Liz and I lived in the Philippines, we worked with some of the poorest people in the world. Just down the street from us was a little neighborhood. Its nickname was the Killing Fields. It was one of the most brutal places you could live. Gang warfare and, and just extreme poverty. And yet I knew people who knew the Lord that lived there. And I used to be so confused because they were so full of joy. And we'd have these prayer times at like 5.30 a.m. And I am a horrible morning person. I, I, I'm not a morning person. I would drag myself to these prayer meetings thinking that I was going to die because I could hardly see straight. And there's these people from this little neighborhood. They had gathered for prayer and they were calling out to God with joy and anticipation of what God was going to give them. I'm sure, Lisa, you probably saw similar things in Africa. People who have nothing, and yet they're full of joy because they have the Lord in their heart. That ought to, not, that ought to be the mark of each one of us, an overwhelming joy because we know the Lord. So let's be excited. Romans 15, 13 says this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We should be overflowing with hope. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 8 and 9 says this, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end results of your faith the salvation of your souls. Our lives ought to be marked by undescribable joy and happiness. Number five, the last foundational thought that I'll share this morning, and probably the most important, God has to be a part of this. 
if this is just an intellectual exercise where we use only our wisdom and figure out what our purpose and mission is, it's pointless. We need God to speak. We need to hear His voice. Do you agree? Good, right answer. We need to hear the voice of God. And some of us are going to have to do some time on our knees. Probably our leadership team, our staff, our key volunteers, at the very least, guys, we're going to have to put some time on our knees. God, speak to us. God, we need to hear your voice. God, we don't want to just, I don't want to blaze forward. God, we need you. We can't do this without you, God. We can't move forward without hearing your voice. Some of us are going to have to put in some real time crying out to God. God, please, give us a fresh heart for the lost. Give us clear vision. Help us to know where do we put our hands to the plow. It's too complicated. It's too confusing. we're, We're lost. We're confused. We're distracted. God, we need you to move. We need you to speak. Will you join me in prayer? Will you quiet your hearts? Will you put aside time? Will you put your phone away? Will you turn off the TV? Will you open the word? Say, God, speak to us. There's so many distractions in life. This world is distracted. We are distracted. We are a distracted people. We need to stop and listen to the voice of God. My, my hope, my dream by the end of this, as we go through this journey together, is that months from now, each one of us will have a very clear understanding of what our mission is, what our purpose is, that'll be on the tips of each one of our tongues. We know who we are. We know why God has put us here. So here's a bit of a roadmap going forward, and this may change, it may, may not quite be like this, but I want us to discover this together. And, I, and right now I see three sources of how we can discover this. And the interesting thing about figuring out our why is that an author I really like to read, he said this about any organization. You don't invent your why. You discover it. Our why is clear from what has already happened. And I can't wait to share with you some of the results of that survey, the the pattern that I see, and it lines up with an old letter written by Clayton Kipfer. When was he here? 80s? 70s, 80s. It's really interesting. This one statement he wrote in the letter about who this church is. And it lines up with the survey that I've seen. It's really interesting. So we're going to look at our past. We're also going to look at scripture together. That, that scripture that Audrey read this morning, we're going, to, we're going to start taking that apart in the coming months and looking at that really carefully. 
But I also want us to look at our, our present. And I also want us to seek God. I, I believe God can speak to each one of us. Do you believe that God can speak to you? Not to Pastor Dave and, and these other spiritual people. I didn't mean, I don't want to mean by that. Over here. There's some of you, I think, you don't think God can speak to you. I believe that God, we can have a personal, intimate relationship with God. That you can hear the voice of God. What does God, what does Jesus say about seeking? What happens to those of us who seek? You'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. I believe you, it's not just Pastor David's going to hear, we are going to hear. But we're going to take, it's going to take some work. You're going to have to spend some time seeking. I think that's all I want to say this morning. I'm excited about this. I'm nervous. I'm wondering where it's going to end. But we need to have an adventure together. And we're going to do that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be good. Agreed? Again, right answer. Three for three. Good job. Well, I just want to pray. Let's pray. And then the ladies are going to come and lead us in a couple more songs. Before I say that, don't miss grabbing a coffee and coming to hear what Lisa has to say. Don't lollygag too long downstairs if you want to we're going, to st we're going to start probably close, maybe even before 11. So no lollygagging downstairs. If you want to hear it, you've got to come up. Okay? Let's pray. Lord, I humbly offer this to you. And Lord, if anything I've said this morning has just been Pastor Dave, just me, I pray it would fall away. Lord, I ask that you would lead us, that you would guide us. Lord, we come to you. We want to know. We want to hear your voice. We want to be led by you. Lord, we're so grateful for all that's come before. All the past leaders, all the men and women of God, Lord, who I believe were doing their best. Who were seeking you and and who've led us to this point, Lord, we just bless each one of them. Help us to build upon the vision that's brought us here. Help us to find our, our, our specific niche, our, our little piece of the pie, where you want us to go. And I pray for everyone here, Lord, that they would just be full of joy. And I pray that you would speak to each one of us. God, would you speak? We're anticipating hearing your voice together. And we commit the rest of our Sunday to you, Lord. We pray for, for Lisa as she shares. Lord, would you just anoint that time? Would you just guide her thoughts and her words? Lord, I think it's very timely that she's here on this Sunday talking about reaching out, talking about taking risks. Lord, would you bless her and her family today? We commit the rest of our day to you. In Jesus' name, amen.